The three circles are durable, useful, and beautiful, and the intersection between all three is marked simply good design. Hey there! Welcome back to Mid Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 5. Last week, we cataloged the typical features of a Midwestern mid-century ranch. I concluded by recommending that you download my DIY home assessment workbook and spend some time learning your own home. Today, I'm going to share my three-part framework for planning a comprehensively excellent remodel. People remodel for many reasons. They may simply be tired of their home's existing look and want to update. Visiting a friend with a chic, newly updated house, dipping into holiday catalogs on a lunch break, or just scrolling on Instagram too much might convince someone that the time has come to get their house as mid-mod chic as those influencers they see online. Or they might be aware that there are some upcoming or immediate maintenance issues they need to address. You're going to be calling contractors about five minutes after your roof leaks. Or sometimes people make changes to their homes because they aren't working for the way they live anymore. A couple more kids than bedrooms might be a reason to renovate. On the other end of the parenthood journey, many empty nesters are looking to convert their homes into more casual two-person living spaces. Maybe they need a mother-in-law suite or premises for a home-run business. Whatever your reason, it can be easy to fixate on that initial impulse and let that be the driver of the whole remodel project. But a really great remodel addresses all of those elements together. It will update your look, handle necessary maintenance and code, technical issues, and tune up the way the house works to make your life go smoothly all in one smooth move. Or, realistically, one prolonged, chaotic, expensive, and dusty move. Nevertheless, if you're going to invest your time, money, and enthusiasm into a remodel, you might as well get as much out of it as possible. As always, this season is sponsored by the Mid-Century Solutions Package, a custom design starter kit that includes a site visit to survey your home, an in-depth interview to establish your design parameters, and then an expert recommendation of what are the best moves you can make to tune up your house and make it as mid-mod cool as it can possibly be. Prioritize and focus your Mid-Century update. Learn more about the package in the show notes. Speaking of which, if you want to find more in-depth information, links, or images that I mentioned in the episode, you'll find the show notes for this episode at midmod-midwest.com slash 105. I should note that this framework is perhaps one of the most general topics I'll cover in this first season of Midmod Remodel. It can be applied, and should be, to any remodel of any style or era of house. But as always, I think it's particularly important to have great planning process in place for your mid-mod remodel in order to push back on the world's tendency to lead you away from the mid-century era and into a more contemporary conventional quality. Before we get into the framework, let's take a moment to look back, way back, to Roman times, and touch on the ideas of an architectural theorist named Marcus Vitruvius Pollio. We'll just call him Vitruvius. Sidebar, am I a nerd? Yes, you bet your boots I am. Did I study Latin for four years in high school? I sure did. Do I still always want to know the history of subjects I'm interested in? You bet. You can take advantage of this nerd power, whether or not you share it, and end up with a better remodel to match your mid-century house to your modern life. Vitruvius wrote the book on Greek and Roman architecture in his magnum opus, De Architectura. That's on architecture to us. It was finished around 20 BCE and covered his thoughts on everything from sundials to aqueduct design to how to set up your own water clock. He covered science, math, geometry, astronomy, medicine, meteorology, and philosophy, and architecture. He may or may not have written the most important work of his own era, but his is the only one to have survived it, so it wins history. 
he caught the attention of many important people since his time. Leonardo da Vinci, for example, was working on Vitruvius's theories when he sketched out that famous image of the curly-haired man superimposed with his outstretched arms and legs shown inside a circle and square simultaneously. Da Vinci's drawing of that so-called Vitruvian man illustrates his idea that buildings should relate to the dimensions and proportions of the human body. Perhaps less famous among laypeople, but well-known to every architecture student, is Vitruvius's theory that all good architecture must reflect the synthesis of fermitas, utilitas, and venustas, or, as you'll find it written on t-shirts of architecture nerds, firmness, commodity, and delight. There's a great meme website called This Is Indexed, run by Jessica Hagee, who summarizes punchy ideas onto index cards daily. She shows this concept perfectly in a sketched Venn diagram. The three circles are marked durable, useful, and beautiful, and the intersection between all three is marked simply good design. Check out the link in the show notes if you want to see her perfectly clear index card diagram. So back to that Venn diagram. While it's possible to pay attention to one or two of them more than all three, any really good remodel is going to address each of these components. It's very useful to use this framework to consider your design because it catches an element near and dear to my heart and often missed by amateur home remodelers who are motivated by having seen something cool in someone else's house or on the internet and wanting to simply paste it onto their own home without fully considering the holistic design. It's also a nice antidote to the approach made so visible to the public on HGTV-style transformations, which are addressing things within the scope of a TV show focused on appearances and how fast something can be done. Those shows aren't in the business of thinking about long-term value, maintenance, or what it's like to really inhabit those spaces. They're looking for a quick design flip. For you, a homeowner who is invested in a home you will one day sell, live in it now and use it on a daily basis, and will be looking at over your coffee, enjoying it aesthetically, taking pictures to share with your friends on Instagram, you want to incorporate all three of those elements. If you want to go further, you can check out a lovely little book called The ABC of Architecture by architect John O'Gorman. He covers a lot of ground in only 107 pages, a fact well attested to by the copious annotated post-its sticking out of my copy in every direction. It's well worth a read by any architect or interested layperson. The ABC of Architecture also extends that Vitruvian triad, beauty, usefulness, and structure, to the three main types of drawings that architects use to describe a new building or remodel, the plan, the section, and the elevation. A plan looks at the layout of spaces, and to a certain extent it addresses how people move through and use them. A section deals with structure, how the foundation supports the walls and they hold up the roof. We use it to show where mechanical systems will fit between floors, and how the building will be wrapped up to seal it from the elements outside. An elevation is a flat view that shows one side of a building straight on. It merges the plan and the section and deals with things like size, proportion of windows and doors, the way roof lines interact with each other, and the overall massing of the building, that is, how imposing or compact does it feel. In other words, the beauty. His point, and mine, is that these three elements underpin nearly every part of how we think about a building. So how does this work for you? Let's take a deeper look at the three pillars in this remodel framework, beauty, usefulness, and structure. Let's get structure out of the way first. Replacing a roof or furnace is a deeply unsexy part of a remodel, but often needs to be done. And you want to make yourself aware of the maintenance status of your home right at the start of the design process to avoid unpleasant and expensive surprises later. This one can get technical, but you don't have to be a master electrician or an expert plumber in order to manage a good remodel. This is one aspect of home building that is actually looked after by our local government. The building inspector who will oversee a remodel process can sometimes feel like the enemy of progress if he or she flags some issue with your plans as building code non-compliant. 
But really, the building department is our friend. They keep our wiring grounded, our framing supportive, and our insulation thick and warm. You can get a jump on the city building inspector by hiring an experienced private inspector to give your home a thorough going over and let you know before you make your budget if there are any red flags you'll need to address in your house. Check out episode three for a quick overview of some of the common hazards you'll find in mid-century homes and want to be aware of. The second element of the framework is usefulness. In the ABC of Architecture, O'Gorman points out that the Vitruvian triad can be applied also to the three major parties involved in a remodel, the owner, the designer, and the builder. Owners, he says, tend to be most concerned with the way their house is working. The builder will focus on structure and make sure it's built right, and the designer will worry about the aesthetics. I actually wonder about this these days. His book was written in 1998, before Pinterest, Instagram, and HGTV laid their stamp on the remodeling industry. These days, I feel like my clients are more likely to come to me focusing on the look of their house, and one of my first contributions is to point the conversation back to the functional, talking about floor plans as well as pictures. It does seem that the usefulness of a remodel is the element most likely to get left out of the equation, at least on a creative level, in a small, owner-driven remodel. If a layperson homeowner reaches out to their friendly neighborhood handyman about expanding a kitchen, for example, they'll likely have a bunch of inspirational images pulled in advance, and their builder, being a responsible professional, will make sure that it's built durably and to last. But it's common for neither of them to really step back and consider the bigger picture. Imagining a whole new version of your home is really challenging and a very personal thing to do. If you feel like this pillar might be the sticking point in your Vitruvian triad, I encourage you to try the three exercises I recently designed meant to help homeowners think outside of their existing home and visualize what it could be after remodel. I'll walk you through them here quickly, and if you want some more details, you can check out the handy link in the show notes to take you to a blog post on this, or just download a copy of the workbook and go through them at your own pace. All right, so the first exercise involves bringing your last or favorite vacation home with you. We all love to go on vacation and get a little break from daily life responsibilities and familiar scenery, but another reason people vacate is literally to be in another place. Away from our homes, we experience unusual luxury or a clutter-free living place, or just somewhere that was designed really with an eye to the aesthetically beautiful. Think about how the places that you stayed made you feel. Were they brightly lit or connected beautifully to the outside spaces? Were they filled with handy storage so that you didn't have to look at your stuff all over every surface? Was there perhaps some clever little device like a coffee maker in the bed area so that you could make a first cup of coffee right from your bedside table? Thinking about these elements will help you take those things you love about your vacation home back into your daily life. Okay, let's try another exercise. Go through your day in your head or take a notebook with you and write down everything you do during the day and think about how your house is helping or hindering your daily routine. Do you find yourself running back and forth from the bedrooms to the kitchen to the bedrooms to the kitchen a million times on your way out the door? Perhaps there's something you could do to streamline that path. What are the parts of your house that are really helping you get through what you need to do in a day and making the experience you want and what parts aren't? That ties into the third exercise, which is to go on a visiting tour of each space in your own home, taking some quiet time and a notebook to tour each part of your house and decide what it's giving you and what it's not giving you. It's not the time to make a checklist of clutter to bust or dust bunnies or even peeling paint to repair. This isn't that kind of list. If you want to make that kind of checklist of little home maintenance ideas, do that on another page. But take some time to ask yourself the following questions about each space. 
What is the room's vibe? Is it bright or dim in daylight? How about at night? Does it feel connected to or isolated from the other spaces in the house? Does that work for the way you'd like to use it? Some spaces benefit from being really open to other spaces. At other times, you want to isolate a noisy TV or game station away from more calm spaces in the house. What does the room sound like? Is it loud and ringy or dead and quiet? What are the proportions? Small bedrooms can feel crozy, but a living room that's too small might feel very cramped instead. Would it help if the ceiling were higher, if there was a skylight or a doorway that opened into the next room? If you can't figure it out, reach out to your family members, friends, or a friendly neighborhood designer to help you identify what about your house could most change it into a comfortable, functional, and welcoming home. Finally, we get to the third element of the triad, the beautiful. This is the fun part, I think, for all of us. But we have to acknowledge that a cardboard box with a beautiful interior decor is not a house. Once we have the other two elements, the structure and the usefulness, well in hand, we can go nuts with Pinterest and Instagram. Collecting your inspirations and organizing them into subtopics is one of the most fun early steps of a remodel design. When I work with a client on a mid-century solutions package, one of the first things I do is create a Pinterest board for the project and break it out into subfolders for the various areas of the home we're going to address. I share that board with the homeowner immediately so that we can add to it together and they can watch it grow as I fill in inspiration. With a smartphone in your pocket, you are always able to capture a fun product, a great inspiring vintage home, or a good idea on the go. Start documenting these long before you get to the final design review and you'll be sure you've covered all your bases. Is your head spinning? Don't panic. Designing your home around these three elements will ensure you're not missing anything from your mid-mod remodel. You're going to need to cover all three elements of this framework. Your home will need to be solid and strong with a good structure and functioning building systems. That's your electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. It needs to work for your lifestyle and make every day and every part of the year go more smoothly. And it needs to be beautiful and please you visually. When you bear all of those things in mind, you get the perfect mid-century remodel. Thanks for listening. You can find links, pictures, and a summary of everything I've just covered in this episode on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 105. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social media channel of choice. Use the hashtag midmodremodel. In next week's episode, we'll talk about using phases to plan a manageable remodel. I'm a big fan of instant gratification projects that give you an emotional lift while you save up the time, energy, or money you need to take on a bigger project. As always, if you have ideas to share or questions about your mid-century home remodel, drop a comment in the show notes or find me on Instagram where my handle is at midmodmidwest. To get that remodeling visualization workbook, go right to midmod-midwest.com slash visualize or find a handy link in the show notes. Until next week, stay classy, midmod remodelers. 